You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Well, welcome to Dad in the Trenches. My name is Aaron, and I am glad that you're here joining us today. If you are a longtime listener, as always, thank you so much for tuning in and for your support. Uh, all that you all do, uh, whether it's commenting on social, sending direct messages, uh, sending a note, it's always fun to interact with, with you all. If you are a new Dad in the Trenches listener, a special welcome to you, and uh, hope that you find today's conversation as well as past podcasts uh, both edifying, encouraging, equipping, uh, challenging for your walk and uh, your life with the Lord. Today's episode is a little shorter than normal, uh, just due to my guest time constraints, but it is absolutely cram-packed. And some key questions from today that we're going to touch on are, are these. What really does it mean to multiply, to multiply your influence, multiply your gifts? What does it mean to be faithful? What kind of impact is God calling you to? And what does ministry really mean for us? So we delve into all of this today. I'm really excited, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this. So buckle up, and here we go. Thank you for joining us today here on Dad in the Trenches. My guest is John Bevere. John, thank you so much for joining us. Aaron, it's a pleasure and an honor to be with you, and thank you for what you're doing. I love that you're reaching out to dads. Um, just before we kind of dive in here, you know, talk to us just a little bit about, you know, what you do presently, your seasonal life, family dynamics, that sort of thing. Well, most importantly, I got saved in my college fraternity at Purdue University, and uh, I was playing varsity tennis there, and one of the best athletes in the state came up and shared Campus Crusade for Spiritual Laws, and I gave my life to Jesus, never been the same. Uh, I was studying engineering. I was going to go into corporate America, but after about a year and a half of strong dealings with me uh, by the Holy Spirit, I said, okay, I'll go into ministry because I really didn't want to go into ministry, Aaron. And so um, ended up uh, serving in two local churches for seven years, and we were launched by our pastor in 1990, and we birthed Messenger International, Lisa and I, and most yeah. importantly, on this earth, she is the most important human being in my life. We've been married. We just celebrated last week, 38 years of marriage. Wow, congratulations. And um, she is an absolute amazing woman. She's Sicilian, so she's fiery. She's feisty. And uh, we say that only strong men can be married to strong women. And so we've had a lot of intense fellowship in our marriage, and it's only done <laughs> Um, it's only improved our marriage because we have learned a long time ago to fight for each other, not against each other. And so um, we never ever allow uh, anything to be, uh, what, what do I want to say? We, we don't go to bed with anything unsettled. <laughs> so that means we've had a few late nights. 
Um, she is my very best friend on the planet. Uh, I, in, together, we have had four sons. Um, all four of our sons work for Messenger International. And Messenger International, Lisa and I are both authors. I've written 22 books. They are in 111 languages. Lisa has written 16 books. And she is a New York Times bestseller. I'm only a USA Today bestseller. <laughs> it's so fun. I always say I am married to the New York Times bestseller. There you go. Uh, our passion in the past 10 years uh, has come from a mandate from God who told us to give away our resources to every pastor in the world that can't afford them. Mm -hmm. So in the past 10 years, we have had the privilege of giving away 40, over 41 million resources to pastors mm -hmm. and leaders in 226 nations of the world. And it has been our single greatest joy to do this. Nothing has compared. I've stood on some of the largest platforms in the world speaking at conferences. Nothing compares to the joy that we have received in obeying that word from God to give those resources to pastors and leaders all over the world. So we're talking nations like Iran, Iraq, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Afghanistan, Turkmenistan, mm. Turkey, Myanmar, China, Cambodia. I could go on and on. 220. We're 14 nations shy of the entire um, globe. So wow. what God spoke to us in prayer 10 years ago is actually becoming a reality now. And we just, this is the most exciting thing. We've just developed an app and we went to one of the best app developing companies in the United States. They've done Royal Caribbean, they've done Lush, they've done L'Oreal, they've done uh, uh, Vogue. And um, the CEO had been reading our books for years and he was so excited. So. Um, this app, basically now a pastor in Iran can send the beta Satan course, the beta Satan book with me speaking in Farsi, the language of Iran. He can send it to all his underground church members for free with just one push of a button. So, so it awesome. is so exciting. Uh, it used to be, you know, we were so excited about, you know, the book selling and being on the bestsellers lists and all that here in America. But to be honest with you, it's much more exciting to see these people who literally have nothing. So we have books on shelves in America. We think nothing about it. They literally are begging for the crumbs that fall from our, our table. Mm -hmm. And one book, um, one of our business leaders went to Mongolia. We have put probably about 200,000 resources in Mongolia. He said, John, I know they got the book driven by attorney just one month earlier and it had already been read by 10 leaders. Wow. So he was, said I was out in the middle of nowhere in a, in a, in a yerk in which a yurk is a white tent with they have a fire in the middle of it. 30% of Mongolia's population lives in those yurks. So 10 leaders had already read in one month the Driven by Eternity book. That's how desperate they are for the word of God. How I wish, Aaron, people in America felt the same way. Right. Um, I know we're, we're short on time today, so I want to dive into, you know, speaking of books, I want to talk about your, your, your new book, which actually today, releasing this podcast this is november 17th that is release day for your book which is x multiplying your god-given potential right and so that's cool how this the timing of all this worked out for sure but um you know it is yeah i'll talk uh talk to us a little bit about you know why this book what led you to this and give us a little bit of the backstory well, this is one I've wanted to write for years, but I made a covenant with God that I wouldn't write a book unless he spoke to me. And he finally spoke to me to write this. And I really think I understand the reason why is I'm 61 years old now and I really have a dad's heart. 
not just for my own family. I'm talking about a dad for the church. Yeah. And um, this book needed to be read, read, written, excuse me, from the perspective of a father who really wants to see the people that he's speaking to go farther than him. And so um, I actually have a guy on our team that's read all 22 books that I've written because he develops the course workbooks that we use for each of the books. And he said, John, without a shadow of a doubt, this is my favorite book. My oldest son sat down to read it and said he read it in one day. I said, that's impossible. I mean, I'm looking at the book right now. I said, the book is uh, 270 pages long. And he said, Dad, I had two bathroom breaks, and that's it. I read the entire book. I said, to be honest with you, I couldn't put it down. It is so uh, gripping and revealing. And he said, there's so much wisdom in it. So I want to open it with that. Now, yeah. I want to I want to ask you and all your guys to just in um, just just answer this question. When you hear somebody say he has a call of God on his life, where do our minds go? Our minds go, okay, he's called to be a missionary, he's going right. to be a pastor, he's going to be a worship leader. That is so wrong. Every single guy that's listening to us and every woman that might be listening to us <laughs> has the call of God on their life. Yes. And so I open up the book with a story. One of our partners took me to play Riviera Golf Course in Los Angeles. I was really excited about it. We were done playing. We were driving back. Now, he's a very successful businessman. And he said to me, he said, John, can I open up and be a little vulnerable with you? I said, sure, I, I, absolutely. He said, you know, I've, I've worked so hard to build my businesses up to where they are today. I'm worth about nine million. My wife and children are cared for for life. He said, I'm turning 50. Why should I? And this is his words, okay? I, I, I don't mean to be crude. He said, why should I bust my butt and build my businesses up to $35 million over the next 10 years? And I said, that's a good question. I said, let me answer that with a scenario of mine. I said, I've written, now at that time it was 17 books because this happened about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. I said, I've written 17 books. Uh, I've been, I've gotten on jet airplanes, flown to over 60 nations. I have suffered jet lag. I have fought weird customs. I have not weird, unusual customs is a yeah. better way of saying it. I've eaten <laughs> foods that I thought were weird, but they were very delicious to the people. I've stood on platforms, lived in little tiny hotel rooms 200 nights a year. I've done that for 30 years. My wife are cared, my wife's cared for, my children are cared for. Why should I write another book? Why should I get on another plane and travel to another nation? And he laughed. He literally laughed at me, Aaron. And he said, this is what he said. He said, John, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes when you stand before Jesus. And I said, Stan, you just said the exact same words. Yeah. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. We're on downtown. We're in downtown LA. The smirk, the little smile he had on his face, completely yeah, left. He turns and looks away from the road and stares at me with his mouth wide open and go, how do you get that? Huh. And I said, very simple. I said, Stan, here's the deal. Every one of us has a call in our life to build the kingdom of God. And with that calling comes gifts. And I said, those gifts are God's abilities that he puts in our life to build. And we can do one of three things with those gifts. We can use them as intended to build a kingdom. We can use them just to build our lives and our families. 
Or I said, or we can just sit on them. Mm-hmm. And I said, but we get to choose. And I said, you look at my life and you see my gifts are writing and speaking. And it's very easy for you to connect the doc- dots on how that builds the kingdom. I said, however, my Bible tells me that the parts of the body that are not seen, their function, their gifts are even more valuable than the parts that are seen. Mm -hmm. I said, so in essence, that means yours is more important than mine, Mm -hmm. but you haven't connected the dots. Mm -hmm. And that's my burden is so many men and women in the body of Christ have not connected the dots. I mean, let's just, let's just do an example here because here, here's, here's still the problem. I, I, I interviewed a dear friend yesterday and he still was saying, oh, well, you know, my dad was able to build this 30,000 member church because when the church was young, there were people that came and mowed the lawns, they cleaned the windows, they, they did the things so that he could build the church. And I said, I'm going further than that. I said, what I'm talking about is if I have the gifting to remove tumors, I'm going to have the ability to preserve people's lives on this earth. And therefore, those people are going to reach and do more to build the kingdom. If I'm a plumber and I keep a woman's toilet from flooding and her having to spend two hours cleaning up that mess, and she's a single mom. And in that two hours, she could have been interceding for the nation of Cambodia, and 3,000 people got saved. I just assisted in 3,000 people getting saved with my gifting of being a great plumber. And so, Aaron, this is the, the burden that I carry because here's one of the greatest tragedies that really drove me to write this book with passion. I have a very close friend, who is a church of over 30,000 members, different church than the one I just spoke of. He's a very well-respected pastor and people, pastors and leaders come to his leadership conference that he does once a year from all over the world. And he said that there's a medical doctor in his church that that medical doctor, he was walking through the auditorium. It's a very large auditorium. And he said the medical doctor was putting pamphlets on the seats And he said, when my pastor friend said, when I saw him, I ran over and said, doc, doc, you don't need to be doing this. We got interns and volunteers that will do this. And he said, the doctor turned and rebuked him in in a respectful way and said, pastor. Now he's a very well-known MD in, in, in that city. He said, pastor, I take one week off a year from my practice so that I can build the kingdom of God. Don't take this privilege from me. Aaron, I actually started crying yesterday when I was talking about this, and I'm choking up again. What this means is for 51 weeks of the year, that pastor walks into his practice seeing himself make a living. Mm -hmm. But one week a year, he gets to build a kingdom. That is so opposite from the truth. That's a lie. And you know, here's the problem. Let, let me just say it like this. We have the secular and the sacred. Mm-hmm. Okay? The sacred is 90 minutes when I'm at church on Sunday morning. Right. It's when I'm listening to Aaron on his podcast. That's the sacred. It's when I'm listening to a worship CD. I'm in the sacred zone. Right. And then when I'm, when I'm a doctor, I'm in the secular. Right. No, it's all sacred. Yeah. Every bit of it. 
God gave that doctor the gifting to remove tumors, just like he gave you the ability to communicate to men and touch their hearts. So it is a absolute tragedy. And this is why we don't see people with passion. Mm. Hey man, if I, if I'm just earning a living as a doctor and I'm going into that office 51 weeks a year and I, and I'm already making good money, I'm not going to have passion, Aaron. Right. I may have passion to, to help people medically, but I'm not going to have that passion that drives us like mother Teresa that drives us like Billy Graham. And I, I'm, I'm contending for this right now as a dad. I believe every guy listening to us right now, every guy, you can have the passion that Mother Teresa had. You can have the passion that Billy Graham had because your calling is just as valid, just as real, just as important as any of those. So good. You talk quite a bit, and the book was really refreshing as I was reading um, just because of undoing this idea of the significance that the church has placed on the quote-unquote platform gifts. Right. Helping us understand our calling as believers is so much more than the very things you just described. So um, you talk about, um, you spend some time talking about empowerment and why it's necessary to have God's participation and grace on us to use our gifts to multiply. Would you unpack that some for us? Yes, absolutely. So gifts in the New Testament is the Greek word charisma. If you look at the Greek word for grace, it's charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, which a lot of Christians don't understand that charis is a gift. It is our salvation. It is forgiveness of sins, but it also is God's empowerment on our life. So a good definition of charis, grace, would be God's free empowerment that gives us the ability to go beyond our natural ability. Mm. So my worst subject in high school was English and creative writing. <laughs> and now I've got what? Now you're a speaker 50, and an author. <laughs> no, I've got close to 50 million resources all over the world in 111 <laughs> languages. And I scored 370 on the English and SAT. Oh, wow. In all my travels, I've only met one human being that scored lower than me on the English <laughs> part of the SAT. So when God spoke to me and said, son, I want you to write, there came an ability. Now that ability, if you take charis and you put an M and an A on it, you get charisma. Mm -hmm. That is a specific endowment of grace. Look behind me, you see the port, my favorite portrait. It's Akiana's Prince of Peace portrait. She painted that when she was eight years old. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a charisma. Yeah. All right. So charisma, a doctor's ability to remove a tumor and not kill. If I removed a tumor from somebody, I'd kill them. <laughs> that doctor's ability is charisma. Yes, I believe these are God-given abilities. So the Bible says we're actually stewards of them. Now, what activates charis? Romans 5.2 says we have access to grace through faith. So in other words, you don't get access to this charisma unless you have faith and you, unless you believe. You can't believe what you don't know. So if, if 90, and this is statistic, I'm, I'm backing this with statistics. This isn't just a <laughs> throwing out of the air evangelist thing, okay? 98% of the Christians in America don't understand that grace is God's empowerment. So that means that 98% of Christians in America are trying to fulfill their calling in their own ability. Wow. 
See, God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my power. Paul said, I did more labor than all the apostles, but it wasn't me. It was the grace of God on me. He operated in that charisma, that grace. Mm -hmm. So we're stewards of that grace. Yeah. So it's actually God's ability that he puts on our life. But if we don't know that, it doesn't operate. It stays dormant. That's why Paul has to write to Timothy twice. Stir up the gift, man, the gift of God. It's in you, mm. but it's not operating. And Tim Timothy was a godly man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have all these guys thinking, well, if I'm just godly, those gifts will operate. No, you won't find anybody more godly in the epistles than Timothy himself. Yet the gift of God in him was inoperative. First Timothy 4, 14, 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. Inoperative. Paul has to write him twice and address it. So that means something has to happen in order to engage the gift. It's called faith. Now, that's why I wrote the book X. The reason I wrote the book X is because these are all these scriptures laid out with stories that are mind-blowing of people I know personally. I don't have, I don't, I don't think I have any story in the book of somebody I, I don't know, I haven't interviewed, right? Mm -hmm. So combining the scriptures with my experience and the peoples that I write about will build all these men's faith in order to multiply because God's ultimate goal for us, if you look at the parable of the talents is to multiply these gifts. Yes. So if you look at the guy who maintained his talent, he was called lazy, mm -hmm. wicked and lazy. Wicked just mm -hmm. means that there's a serious fault resulting in worthlessness in labor. If you look at the two people that multiplied, the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in a few things. Now, wait a minute. What's the only thing the parable tells us that they did? You were faithful. The only thing they did is they multiplied. Mm -hmm. So Jesus directly equates being faithful with multiplication. So we think, oh, I'm being faithful. I have my nice little small business over here. I go to church every time the doors open up. I'm faithful. No, according to this parable, you're actually could be wicked and lazy. Now, remember, these are, these are servants in the kingdom. We're not talking about salvation here. We're talking right. about productivity in the kingdom. So that word wicked means you have a serious fault. What's the serious fault? He didn't engage. He didn't believe. You have a serious fault, which results in worthless producing. So it's not that the guy's not saved. It's that the guy didn't believe because we can't do this in our own strength. And, and I, I say this over and over again in the book. Well, you're saying that this is going to add a lot of pressure to me. No, it's actually going to relieve you of pressure. <laughs> because people, the, the disciples said to Jesus, what do we do to do the works of God? He said, you want to know how to do the works of God? Believe. Why? Because believe accesses the grace, the charisma hmm. that engages and gives you the ability to multiply. So good. John, I know you're, you're crunched for time here, so I want to be respectful of that. Two things, uh, really three things before we go. <laughs> um, hit us with a challenge. What one challenge would you leave with our dad in the trenches? And then two, tell us how our listeners can connect with you. Pick up the book. It's, like, it's available today. And then three, I'm going to have you pray for us before you leave. Okay. Number one. <laughs> challenge. Here's my challenge. I'm going to tell you why you're not feeling fulfilled. It's because 
no one will ever feel fulfilled until they take what's uniquely put in them by God and they multiply it for the sake of others. So you have the nature of God in you and you will not be satisfied with just multiplying for yourself or just maintaining for yourself. You will be miserable because your heart, your nature, Peter tells us that God has given us his divine nature. Your nature yearns to be productive. See, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Hmm. Food is what nourishes us. In all my years, the people that I've seen that have backslid are people that didn't engage with their giftings to produce fruit for the kingdom. Why? The nourishment of their spirit was gone. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I send you. This is John 4, John 20. So, dads, listen to me. Your kids need to see a fulfilled dad. They need to see a dad who's not doing everything in his own effort, a dad that actually sees testimonies of the strength of God on his life. If you talk to my sons, who are now all working for us, they won't tell you what really impacted them was my work ethic, although that did. What really impacted them is when they saw the miraculous things that God did. And so, and the other thing, dads, you're not perfect. Please say you're sorry when you're wrong. <laughs> Don't ever sweep it under the carpet because they never forget it. And one of the greatest tragedies I've seen in traveling all over the world is when dads don't apologize when they make mistakes. And I'm gonna tell you something, you're not perfect, so you're gonna make mistakes. Yes. Look your child right in the eye, say, I was wrong, and I ask your forgiveness. Yeah, that's good. Second, how can you connect, um, get the book? Well, the book's gonna be everywhere. I mean, Target's carrying it, Books A Million, you got Barnes & Noble, all the Christian bookstores. You can go to Amazon, that's the quickest way to get it. You can get the book that I read, you can get the book that from audible you can get the book on your kindle from amazon you can get the book from amazon but if you want to help further our ministry to help um reach pastors and leaders overseas this all all the book sales don't go to me personally they'll end up helping us to do this you can go to johnbevere.com and the way you spell bevere is just like severe is s-e-v-e-r-e <laughs> Put a B in front of it instead of an S. So yeah, Severe Bevere. You can say that so you can remember it. But go to johnbevere.com and everything there is there. We also have two courses that you can inquire about. One is on gifts and the other one is on multiplication. They correspond and go with the book. You will find that on johnbevere.com as well. Fantastic. Did I, I, there was a third. What was the third? Yes, I want you to pray for us and our listeners. Thank you. It'd be a privilege. Father, I'm asking that these dads that are listening right now, that you would, Lord God, cause a fire to begin to burn in their hearts that cannot be quenched. I am asking, Lord, that their eyes would be open to see as you see, their ears open to hear as you hear, that they would walk with you as closely as they can walk with you. And I'm asking, Lord God, that if any man is listening, out of just being interested, and he doesn't have a relationship with you. I pray that this man now would just simply fall upon his knees 
and say, God, forgive me for living my way. From this day forward, I give my life completely and totally to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Forgive me of my sins, and they are so many. Wash me and make me a brand new person. I pray that they would pray that right now on this day, the 17th of November, 2020. And I'm asking, Lord, that this would be the greatest Thanksgiving and Christmas that this man has ever had with his family before. Give him that Father's heart, the heart that you have for us. Place it within him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. John, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I really enjoyed it, Aaron. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.